Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, SeltzerCast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. I think it adds to the mood, though. Like, it's literally on the rocks. Like, hi everybody, and welcome to On the Rocks with Zillennial Canon. Happy New Year. I'm Kira. <laughs> I'm Adam, and move over, Phantom Thread. We're, we're celebrating. We're new having Year's a New Year's party. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> yeah. So, what a uh, year. Am I right, Adam? Uh, I don't know what you mean. I. <laughs> All I remember is watching Cars and Scooby Doo Two and All the High School Musical Eat movies. Eat hot chip and lime. Eat hot chip, yeah. Um, just to clarify for the listeners, we are—I know she said on the rocks, but we're both drinking up tonight. Kira has a White Claw, and I have a Seagram's wine cooler. Um, <laughs> Jamaican me happy is the flavor. Oh my god. Uh, lemon, strawberry, watermelon, and guava flavors. That so sounds I'm horrible. I it's pretty good. Uh, but I'm popping okay, off Florida tonight. Man. Yeah, I mean that probably has something to do with it. It was the only wine cooler because Kara texted me earlier today. She was like, "Do you want to drink on the pod? I don't, I don't have to work tomorrow." And I'm like, "I think I have like one wine cooler in my fridge." <laughs> but let's sure, let's go for it. Well, it's a New Year's Eve party. No, I I get it. I'm I'm actually trying really hard to not like drink like chug this right now. It's really good. That's disgusting. Chugging a wine cooler the or chugging this. I feel like in I guess it's because like spiked seltzers didn't exist, but I feel like in middle school in like health class they like specifically warned us against like wine coolers. Did they? like that's what I think of or like like young adult literature being like <laughs> i mean yeah like yeah schools did tell us to not drink and do drugs but no like like those specific words i feel like they're very like like i feel like i like never heard them other than like middle school like health class are you telling me my local walmart market is selling things that aren't good for me <laughs> <laughs> maybe so <laughs> You know who uh, else isn't good for us? Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure he's lovely. It's just this fucking movie. Rest in peace, Gary Marshall. First no, he, he seems great. I, yeah. Second, but... with movies like Princess Diaries and uh, Pretty Woman, like, this guy's just doing whatever the hell he wants, and he's, he's he has Salad. some misfires. He's valid, though. I mean, it's fine. He Once you deliver... Did he do both Princess Diaries or just the first one? I have no idea. 
Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> no, I. Well, either way, like I feel like even if you just delivered Princess Diaries, like you get the Zillennial Pass for life. Like you delivered one huge banger, and uh, yeah. I can I can tolerate whatever else you did. And um, uh, boy, oh I also, boy, did I! I love the idea of like, like a holiday movie that's not Christmas. Like I like it in theory. Yes, and I was actually, <laughs> I was watching this movie called New Year's Eve, and it, I was thinking, <laughs> no, and I was thinking to myself, wow, how cool would it be if they made a movie about New Year's Eve while watching this movie? Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I was like, what if New Year's Eve was good? Because cool, no, seriously, like, what if this, like, idea, like, an ensemble cast movie, yeah, as a, like a holiday movie, kind of like Love well, Actually love for actually New Year's Eve, yeah. yes, but good, what if good, and I feel like that could actually be a classic, like, yeah. I mean, what other New Year's Eve movies are there, like, I mean, High School Musical doesn't really count, because it's Phantom just like Thread. the Phantom Thread, yeah, and um, what, Sally, Sally, and... But is there any movies that take place like entirely on New Year's Eve like this one? I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. I mean, in the history of cinema, there has to be at least one. What are Gary Marshall's influences other than love, actually? <laughs> Gary Marshall talked to PTA way before he made it and just was like, I'm going to do it better than you in every way possible. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but this robert I... altman could never with this cast <laughs> robert altman could never well i was gonna say um you bring up the point about holiday movies and not only just like new year's eve but like just the idea of having holiday movies that aren't christmas movies because i feel like that's why so many people love planes trains and automobiles aside from it just being fucking hilarious is that there aren't any like Thanksgiving movies, and it's mm-hmm. not because Thanksgiving matters that much, just because it's a different setting. Yeah, it's not like a, it's in the snow, but it's not Christmas time. It's just like two dudes trying to get through the fucking snow, and mm-hmm. it's perfect. It's a perfect movie. Um, I would love to see actual other holiday movies. Did you ever see Holiday? Holiday is that the Netflix one that's on right now? Like. Yeah, recently? yeah. No, no, I did not. See it's it. uh, it's really, it's. I couldn't tell if it was like self-aware, or <laughs> if it was actually that ridiculous. Like it was so ridiculous, like it wasn't even like a kind of funny where it's like this is so bad it's funny. Like there were some genuinely funny things that I was like, okay, they have to know what they're doing. Like they have to know what they're doing with this. But the whole concept is that it's these two people that aren't in a relationship but they decide to meet up on every single holiday, regardless of what the holiday is, to be each other's date. So, like, she needs a date for, like, Easter brunch, and the guy comes, like, she needs, like... Like, it's just, like, stupid thing. Like, they go out on, like, Cinco de Mayo, like... This definitely sounds like a Netflix original movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, like, had that thought, like, with the whole... Like, I guess we'll just jump into it. With the whole, like, Josh Duhamel thing like and like everyone else just talking about like new year's i'm like do these people exist in between holidays like do they have like lives like they're always like last new year's eve it's like okay what did you do between then like what did you do between then and now (laughs) well i i feel i mean i haven't seen valentine's day or mother's day i'm assuming with mother's day 
everyone's personality trait is that they're a mom. Yeah, and I'm not watching that. <laughs> you just told me before we recorded that we're watching. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, but and then Valent, have you seen Valentine's Day? No, I just remember Taylor Swift being in it, and I was excited about that. Well, her I, haven't lo- I haven't seen it either, but I remember the trailers, uh, basically saying that like her love interest is Taylor Lautner. Yeah, I think that's when they started dating. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, they like met um, on the set. Of course, yeah. Um, and I feel like everyone's personality in that movie is like, oh, Valentine's Day is the best time of the year because it's. I think you Ashley get show... is in that too. Of course he is. I mean, I like Ashton Kutcher a lot, but like, dude, like his career after that 70s show is just mm-hmm. like, I mean, he probably has plenty of money. I like, I don't blame him for just chilling for the most mm-hmm. part. And he actually does really like important work, like with different organizations. He's really cool. Mm-hmm. But he, and the only reason I'm like upset about it is because he's so talented. Like, I actually think he has genuine charisma. Like, he's actually so charming. And I don't know why he, sticks to like this like my main thing is i mean you could say that about anybody in this cast because my main thing uh, is that in 2011 like a bunch of names were just thrown into a hat mm -hmm. and like 20 of them were picked out and that's the cast of this movie (laughs) well none of them are cast like properly like, I, nobody is playing the part that they should be playing. Do you agree? Um, I mean, I would... I, like, okay, Michelle I mean, Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer is doing something in this movie. And... She's doing nothing. <laughs> like, she's like that meme that's like, go ahead, girl, give us nothing. Okay, I'll say... She's maybe... just, like, stumbling around. Like, she's like a vegetable. I'll say maybe the worst person in this movie, which was a surprise to me. Yeah. Zac Efron. Meanwhile, she's the best no. person. Oh, was... Zac Efron. Okay. Zac Efron is terrible in this movie. He yeah. is a. I've never seen him, and it's weird because like, uh, in Seventeen Again, which came out two years prior, I think mm-hmm. that movie's great. Oh, and so good. So good, and he's amazing in that movie. Yeah. Like that was the movie that even like. You know, those stupid adults that are like, ew, the Disney kid. Like, yeah. even they They're were like, like, oh, he's cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, like, he was great in that two years prior, but he's, like, terrible in this movie. I know we meme about it with every single Zac Efron role, but I really think that this is the one that's, like, the sequel to Beach Bum after he, like, gets his life cleaned up. <laughs> yes, that's, ac- wow, that's actually, I think you're right. That This is the one. Like he he gets his life cleaned up he moves to the big city he gets a little bit of a haircut like he still kind of has the same haircut in this but without like the without no, like, like the stripes yeah, the, yeah yeah um he becomes like an uber eats driver for whatever uber eats was in like 2011 <laughs> picks up michelle pfeiffer and his life has changed i like the scene where um he takes her to see the miniature new york Mm-hmm. And uh, and by like I mean I don't like, but um, oh that he's... scene was great until he answered the phone. Well, like okay, so he's like answering the phone and he's talking like very loud. He's like, yeah, this lady fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, she's a fucking dumbass. <laughs> and then she's just like, I'm a dumbass or what? I don't know what it's actually. Yeah, said, she he said, said like pathetic like... or something. Yeah, pathetic. He's like, I'm and just it... using her for her tickets to the show. Which why does she... okay. <laughs> This is so stupid. <laughs> the thing is, 
I can't remember half of the shit that happened in this movie. And I feel yeah. like that's a big failure of these, like, ensemble cast things. Because I've seen Love Actually so many times, and I still am, like, like a, a big flaw in, like, almost all of them is that there's almost too much going on in every single one to the point where, like, you can't remember it mm-hmm. until literally the end when they're like, oh, by the way, that's my dad. That's my brother. And it's like, oh, what were you doing before again? There's literally one scene in this entire movie that addresses that Sarah uh, Jessica Parker is Zac Efron's sister. And it's it's for no reason. It serves no purpose to the story except to say for Zac Efron to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, my niece, like, I've been her age before. She'll she'll turn up. And that's it. Like, that's that's the entire basis of it. And like even De Niro doesn't come in until 20 minutes into the movie. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Can we talk? Well, let me just say, you go, just... you go another 20 minutes without seeing him again. You only see him, yeah. like, four times in this entire movie. And every time, he's just like, Doc, can you let me on the roof? And it's like, yeah. no, no, it's off. <laughs> like, it's off one. It's like, fuck. Also, right. um, sorry, spoiler. Hilary Swank is his daughter. She does not yes. talk about her dad throughout the whole movie. And then she just walks into his hospital room at, like, 11.59. And he's dying. Like, yeah. so his okay. entire... Her entire thing is, I have to get the ball to drop. Because that's her job. But But she isn't, like, I need to, like, it's honestly, like, if you actually think about it, like, on, like, a more, like, emotional level, yeah, it makes sense. She has to save the city or whatever by letting the ball drop. But also, like, her dad needs to see it before he dies. But she doesn't reference her dad at all in any way throughout the movie, unless I'm forgetting something. No, I, I don't think because all she did was um the scene with matthew broderick as the mayor he, he all like, yeah. the closest you get to it is her saying uh it's like a big thing with my family like it's a it's, it's a cherished memory like since i was five and yeah. but like she never directly says her father or anything about that like she, she never goes full megan mccain with it like <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i like i i don't know what i rolled my eyes at more zach efron being the brother um her being De Niro's daughter or uh, Sarah Jessica Parker being Josh Jumel's. Uh, I knew that was going to happen as soon as Abigail Breslin said, like, Mom, go to your party. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. Here, here we go. Um, was that it or am I missing one? Like a big reveal? Um, I can't remember. I think I guess- the dumbest thing was like Halle Berry just like not being connected to any of them in any way. Well, her entire because thing... she was actually a good character, and they were just like, "Oh, go Facetime your husband in the other room." Yeah, in the in the like desert. she wasn't intertwined in anybody. Yeah, like I, the nurse was hyping her up, like, "Oh, you gonna fuck tonight?" And then she's like, "Yeah, maybe." And then she just goes to the room, she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna like talk to my soldier husband over Skype." Like, really? That's the best we did here. Like, yeah. I don't know. And, like, I mean, I guess the other close you get to it is at the very beginning when you find out, like, Zach Efron and Ash Kutcher are friends for some reason. Yeah. And then, but then it's, it's never brought up again. Like, there's no... Also, Leah Michelle isn't connected to anybody. She just kind of lives in the hall. Okay. This is so I'm scary. not gonna get into Leah Michelle. <laughs> um, but Zach Efron, so I cannot even describe to you how I felt, first of all, about Robert De Niro just being a dying man throughout this movie. And then, like, five years Literally the Irishman. Yeah. This was ten years ago. 
and he's still like running around in like a war with grandpa um he's alive that man is alive <laughs> oh he's very and i think it's like when he when like his very first thing with carrie alwes uh, as his doctor yeah. he's saying like like he, he's like you're you're you have maybe till midnight like i don't even know if i can get you to midnight yeah yeah he looks healthy as well. like, he looks he looks so healthy he looks more healthy yeah. than half the young people in this movie but the thing is with this is i made a connection so this was made in 2011 right. he's a dying man five years later he's out here fucking and sucking in dirty grandpa <laughs> with zach efron <laughs> And Wait. fucking and sucking. <laughs> I can't say that out loud. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> in the movie Dirty Grandpa with um, Zach Efron. Yeah. So this is a reunion. I mean, Zac- Dirty Grandpa was a reunion for them. I is wonder it... if they're friends in real life. Do you think? Um, probably. I mean, I can't imagine. They that definitely you... weren't on set at the same time. No, there's no way they they're crossed. Just... There's no way 50 they cross million facts. people in this movie. He definitely like shot all his scenes in one day. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. Well, that's what I was thinking about. Like this entire movie, not just yeah. De Niro, but even especially Josh Duhamel. Like half of no, pretty much his entire um, part in this movie is being in an RV, a fake RV. Yeah, like, which is like probably Robin yeah, <laughs> like Robin Williams. Call back to our first episode. <laughs> yeah, um, the the genesis of the pod. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I his entire like I'd say more like seventy percent of his scenes are in an RV with a random family with a really yeah. horny grandpa asking him like, yeah. did you, did, like, did you, like how how big were her titters like? Yeah. And I'm exactly. just like, yeah, it's just so many actors in this movie. You can tell they only signed on for it because it was like an ensemble. How much you would bet Holly Berry signed on to it because she knew she got to act alongside De Niro. I don't think so. I think Halle Berry, like, which, I don't know. I I feel like in the 2000s, like, she could carry something. Like, I think that, especially with the stacked cast that this is, I think it was, like, basically, like, it was going to make money. Because, like... When there's, like, 20 million people in a cast, mm-hmm. like, people who are like, I'm a fan of this actor. Like, they're going to go see it, even if the actor is in it for five minutes. You know what I mean? If everyone is top billing, like this movie is, yeah, like, you have no idea that your favorite actor is going to be in there for five minutes. Well, there were, like, people in this movie that I didn't even, like, realize were in this movie until I turned it mm-hmm. on. Like, yeah. um, like Seth uh, Meyers, Bloomberg. especially. Bloomberg. Was Bloomberg in it? Yes. Oh, I, I can't. I, I was zoned out a few times. I, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I heard them mention him by name, but I can't remember seeing him. Yeah, they but... played New York, New York over him, walking oh. up to the switch in Times Square or whatever. Oh right. Yeah. I man. I guess I'm not qualified to talk about New Year's Eve. Um. But <laughs> I, Seth Meyers surprised me um i thought he I, would be playing himself but then i realized it was like 2011 he was still on snl at that point yeah um actually i'll say this i actually kind of enjoyed that like not like the premise of that plot was really stupid mm-hmm. but like 
he had some good jokes in the movie. Like, yeah. and I actually believed his chemistry with uh, Jessica Biel. I think her name is. Um, yeah, that's her. There's just like a billion people in this movie. I forgot like who's who. Um, but I liked I liked them together, and I'm trying to think of like positives. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, is that it? I'm just, <laughs> I was no. I mean, like everything else was like extremely. I, I said this on Letterboxd. Um, it's an awful movie. I genuinely think this is like pretty much as bad as like rom coms get because it has like every cliche in the book and has no message or real story or flow to it. It just uh, you know has you on like to cry on cue if you're that soft brain of a person. You know, I'm soft but... brain. I I cried at I cried at Josh Duhamel seeing that the restaurant was closed. <laughs> I was like, oh, god damn it. I don't know. I just, for some reason. Maybe it's because, like, in a COVID world, like, I can't go out to restaurants that I like. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying on Letterboxd. I was like, this movie is awful. But there was something about watching it during COVID that, like, made me nostalgic. Not for shitty movies, but for the year 2011. Where, like pitbull would just play over a montage and yeah. no one would think anything of it um and raise your glass by pink yeah raise your glass by pink uh doesn't that play like twice in this movie i have no idea um and also in the end credits like the we love a good blooper reel at the yeah end. the bloopers were good because there were so many people in the movie like i didn't realize the credits were 10 minutes long and i was like at the scene where it's midnight i'm like why are there 20 minutes left of this movie yeah no i there's a point where i can't remember when but it was like uh there's 40 minutes left and i'm like we really have 40 minutes to go um yeah. well you texted me yesterday and you were like this movie's really tw- two hours long and i didn't know that no i st- when i started it i saw like an hour 57 or whatever and i was like i gotta text kira because i feel like she'll start it assuming it's 90 minutes <laughs> so yeah, I, probably no uh, like no movie should ever be over 90 minutes especially this one like there's really no excuse for it um in the end credits the bloopers um the most polarizing thing i think i've seen in the history of cinema is jessica biel giving birth to valentine's day dvds like carla did, did you see that in the end credits no, I didn't watch all the way through the bloopers. Oh, okay. So, like, Jessica Biel is giving birth, and the nurse, I think her name's Carla, she's in uh, Haunting of Hill House, but I forgot her mm-hmm. name. Um, mm-hmm. her. Yeah, she's, like, helping her, and she's, like, they're, like, playing it straight, like, she's actually giving birth, and she's about to pull out a baby, and it's actually a DVD of Valentine's Day that she's giving birth to. That's hilarious. It's the worst thing I've That's ever really seen. That's really funny. And then she's like, wait a minute, there's twins. And then she pulls out a Blu-ray for Valentine's Day. And I'm oh like... Oh my god. I'm like, really I, funny. Is it? It is really funny, actually. They're I, aware of it. They're aware. Okay. I. <laughs> <laughs> it was really... Like, I don't know. Maybe just watching it just made me very uncomfortable. But Speaking of the baby plotline, is this the last time Sarah Paulson ever played a straight person? <laughs> Um, well, I'm trying to think of her filmography. Uh, she was in Run this year, which was a movie. 
um, where she played a mom, but a single mom, so it's not exactly explicit. But um, it's like a, like aggressively straight. It's not even no. It's like because you don't know, and you're by design not allowed to know much about her character. Um, no, I mean in in New Year's Eve. Oh, in New Year's. Sorry, my bad. Um, yeah, no, in New Year's Eve. Yeah, I mean, like her entire thing is like she's the you know oh these two husbands that are always they're so competitive you know men, and then there's the wives who are nice to each other. They're like, oh, man, am I right? Good luck to you. <laughs> Good luck. Like, Good it's luck. So Good luck. Literally yeah. a competition of childbirth. It's so dumb. And like, is this a? Re- I don't. It's not a real competition in like New York, is it? Like, someone getting money. I had any- never heard about it. I know that like it's the thing of like the first baby born in 2020 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know anything about like prize money. I mean, like, if so, it's like, I I did like the thing where they like gave it up. And they, like, changed the birth time so that they would win. Um, like, it's, like, things like that. that I'm but, like, like okay. why? Like, why do that? I don't get it. Like... Because they're just happy and they just don't want to think about it anymore. Like, they're too happy. Um, but it would take, like, two seconds to be, like... Yeah, it was 12.04. Like... I don't know. It's just, like, you know... Yeah, but then they'd have it. to deal with those people again. Like, if they, like... We're like, okay, you won. Then, like, they wouldn't have to deal with these people. They could go be happy with their child. So they did all this. Like, it's over. All night. They got to this point seven hours later. No, like because they have their later. son. They have and their I, son. It's stupid. This movie is stupid. It makes no sense. And then I, I got emotional at the scene where it's like, what a wonderful world, and they're like cleaning up Times Square, and Hillary Swank is hanging out with the babies. That I, made me I, emotional. I did kind of like because it was like it was not like right after De Niro died. Yeah, yeah. Because right. the so. nurse is like she's just kind of wandering around and like doesn't know what to do after he passes away. So they're like, oh, like come celebrate with us, and like all the nurses are hanging out with the babies to be happy. Hillary Swank was someone I really didn't expect to see in this movie because I when it, she popped up, I'm like, where is I she? Like, Where's Hillary um, Swank? Last time I saw her was Logan Lucky, I think. On um. Oh yeah the Soderbergh movie and she's only in that for like five minutes she plays like a CIA Mm -hmm. agent that doesn't come until the end um uh but yeah I don't know like she's one of the best actresses of all time she's fucking amazing and she just doesn't do anything anymore and I think on purpose like she probably just doesn't want to like one of my first notes is literally where is Hillary Swank (laughs) well let me look on her IMDb Um, maybe she is doing stuff that like I don't know about because so one thing that really, I'm just going to, like, go through my notes now. One thing that really, like, kind of was jarring to me is, like, at multiple points in this movie, especially in the opening scene, yeah. if there wasn't, like, a really terrible upbeat score playing over it, it literally looked like a scene from, like, like The Dark Knight Rises or, like, that they're, like, preparing for, like, a terrorist attack or something. Like, it's literally, like, a hundred police officers, like, standing on a bleachers in Times Square, and, like, the guy's, like, you gotta prepare for the worst tonight. And then, like, it's, like, what? And then, like, during, um, Hillary Swank's, like, press conference for some reason, like, because the ball wouldn't light up, um, it, it, like, it sounded like she was giving a speech after, like, a tragedy. 
Like, she was oh. like, we have to be kind to each other. We have to support each other, not just in the new year, but always. It Like, it literally sounded like she was, like, giving a speech after a tragedy. Um, and fortunately, when I say a cab, I do mean Chris Ludacris Bridges as the cop in this movie. Yeah. I, as a Fast and Furious stan, I hate to say that, but it has to be said. Yeah. I mean... That is one of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I had to pick a, like another storyline that I semi-enjoyed, um, it might have been just the ball drop thing because it kept like escalating in such weird ways. Like, yeah. And I liked who, whoever the guy they called in to like, fix the light bulb. I don't know who that actor is or yeah, whatever, um... but... But he was funny. Like, I, I like, like, that's a very, like, New York scenario. Like, oh, we got to call him the guy that we laid off last week, and he's the only <laughs> guy that can do the job. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I got to find the one light bulb with three million. And I'm, it's just, it's, one, it's thing, <laughs> one thing I will say is that, like, this movie is pretty New York. Like, I was really surprised about that. Like, they were pretty, like, specific about like like locations and like where each character lived like I half expected everyone to be like I live in midtown Manhattan but like you could clearly see like what like subway stop people lived off and stuff and that was really interesting to me and even moments that I feel like I'm like oh that's kind of stupid is like um I was like, okay, but that would happen in real life. Like, when Abigail Breslin is fighting with her mom in the subway station, and she's like, um, oh, like, New York is, like, scary and, like, and like dangerous. And this guy just, like, cuts in between them. He's like, huh, have you ever been to Newark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that, that's really stupid, but, like, that absolutely would happen in a subway station. Like, things like that, and, like, um... Yeah, except for, like, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer just falling in a pile of garbaggio, like, like, hey, yo. <laughs> I don't know. There were, I don't know. No, I mean, and also, um, when it comes to, uh, like, that entire Sarah Jessica Parker thing, like, with uh, her daughter who wants to just, like, be with boys that night, that mm-hmm. the, the kid that she likes is the kid from was the way really placed little brother mm-hmm. yeah, that man, nat wolf friend. yeah nat wolf is the other kid uh his yeah. like friend who has like he has like two lines in this entire movie um yeah i don't know like this movie is just stacked and like even the little cameos like jim belushi as the elevator guy yeah um just fucking popping up out of nowhere um uh who matthew broderick like i said earlier as the mayor like yeah. just Oh, one of my favorite ones, John Lithgow fucking playing Michelle Pfeiffer's boss. Playing Angry Birds. Hey, playing Angry I had that in my notes. Uh John Lithgow playing Angry Birds is my favorite part of the entire movie. <laughs> it's like, um, I also have to say, like like it being like I, I really do enjoy and I'm amazed by how much access they had to like locations. Mm-hmm. And I guess that kind of, like, makes sense, like, if they are able to, like, film an entire plot line in, like, one to two days because they're so short, like, each plot line. Um, but, like, some of these locations, they're not even, like, high security or anything, but, like, it's, like, 
I don't know. And I can't tell if they actually... I, I don't think they would actually film on the Radio City stage. Maybe they were allowed to. I don't know. Well, but, like, so many of these, like, locations and, like, the things that they were able to, like, film with, I was like, wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, that was the thing I kind of was curious about. Because, I like, if they did, like, film on the Radio uh, City station and they, like, got all these people to recreate Times Square as if it was happening, like, they did a good job at, like, recreating Well, some of that. it was definitely CGI, um like but it looked the, good. Like it was convincing. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I can't think of any other places that I'm like, oh, like they had like the Brooklyn Museum. They had like it wasn't even that they're like I can't talk, sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> I wonder if it's the white claw. Um <laughs> Okay. I think it's like the fact that like Yes, they're, like, hard-to-access places, and they probably would have found it possible to access them. But the mm-hmm. fact that there were so many locations, mm-hmm. like, they're, like, Brooklyn Museum, Queens Museum, uh, Times Square, uh, what Radio City. Like, literally every yeah. single, like, place in the entire city they were able to film in. Yeah, I mean, I was... I guess maybe that's why, like, even though this movie sucks, like, I was enjoying watching it, because, again, it's we're watching it during COVID, um, yeah. and seeing, like, all these places full of people, as if, like, nothing's happening in the world, what, and at the time, there, obviously, there, nothing was, so it's just, like, nice, it's, like, nostalgic to, to be, like, watching people doing things without, like, having a mask on, or, like, being mm-hmm. distanced. Like, it's just life. Or being, like, who am I gonna kiss on New Year's Eve? Let me just go kiss random yeah. people. Yeah. Like, it's so nice to see a movie about, like, <clears throat> fucking smooth brain issues. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's, it's so bad, but, like, I kind of enjoyed watching it. Same. <laughs> like, I had a great time watching it. Yeah, like, I, I mean, out of, honestly, out of all the bad movies we've covered so far, and we've covered quite a few. Yeah. This might be up there with the most enjoyable bad movies that I've seen. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify, in case you haven't been able to tell, tell already, uh, neither of us saw this movie prior to watching it tonight. Yeah, we uh, yeah we didn't even discuss that. We literally just went right into the movie. Yeah, we, we, just, we, had, we had so much to say. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, we usually we try to pull from uh, at least something one of us has seen yeah and no. then the other tries to torture the other with seeing yeah. it but uh neither of us have but i feel like we both it's like the dan in real life effect speaking of dan in real life i'm gonna be on the dan for life podcast this sunday this week i expect all of you to listen to it it's the most fun i've ever had in my life <laughs> <laughs> are you okay stupid yeah. Um, then <laughs> <laughs> um, in real life, in fact. Okay, stinky. Stinky poop. Oh, it's so funny. Funny poop. Funny poop. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Okay, so the Dan in real life effect. <laughs> we, we have never seen this movie, but we both knew it existed. And I feel like we spiritually have seen it. Mm-hmm. Like we knew exactly what it would be when we turned it on. Like we knew everywhere it was going. 
Um, and I feel like inside all of us, we have all seen New Year's Eve, except physically. We've lived. Uh, we've lived New Year's Eve. We all lived 2011. <laughs> God, I wish it was 2011. Dude, I miss 20. 2011 was <laughs> like, that was smooth brain the year. Like, it really was. Like, yeah. I, I can't think, I mean, there's probably bad things that happened, as there is every year. But, like, I can't think of a bad thing that happened to me in 2011. Like, it was just Listen, all, uh, was, that was a good year. This week, Zoe Deschanel was in a Katy Perry music video, and I was like, I am literally yearning for 2011. <laughs> like, <laughs> the Teenage Dream album, literally one of the best albums of the 2010s slash 2000s, 500 Days of Summer, that whole vibe, like, it's honestly really funny. You know, um, it makes yeah. me laugh. It makes me laugh. Um, yeah, I I miss it. I, I miss LMFAO being on the radio every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Party Rock. Yeah, I miss Party Rock. I miss, I guess, being 14 and thinking Transformers 3 was the best movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, that was a time to be alive, honestly. Like, that was a great time to be alive. And I miss, and I wish, I genuinely wish I saw New Year's Eve in theaters. I kind of wish I did it. Um, <laughs> or maybe I don't. Maybe I'm glad that I experienced it in 2020. Like, as yeah. a, like, as a, like, a relic of the past. If I saw this in theaters when I was that age, this probably would have been my favorite movie. <laughs> I don't think it would have been my favorite movie, but I would have definitely been like, it was not bad. Like, it was good. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have defended it. Um, wow, this is wine cooler <laughs> kind of get into me already. I can't tell if this movie has, like, insane product placement, or if that's really because New York City is just really like that. Um, th- I think both. Because, like, yeah, there's probably. clearly a lot of Warner Brothers, like, product placement. Like, throughout the entire, um, uh, Times Square scene. There's very clearly a Sherlock Holmes two poster, which is an, a Warner Brothers property that came out three weeks prior to this movie. So like, I don't think that's a coincidence. Like, There's also a Mamma Mia on Broadway poster though behind. Um, I was going to say Rudy Giuliani behind Bloomberg when he walks up on the stage. Yeah, like there is a lot of just. That made me, like, really missing. Like, I think a lot of it also is, like, because a lot of it does take place in Midtown. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, going on, like, school trips and stuff was always to, like, that area of the city. So I think it also, like, kind of hit me more that I was, like, I literally remember the tagline for, like, the Mamma Mia on Broadway advertising being, like, you already know you're gonna love it. And, like, that was, like, behind, like, Mike Bloomberg. (laughs) And I was, like, damn, I miss, like, going to Times Square in, like, 2011 when the Times Square Toys R Us was open. And that was, like, the most magical place in the whole world. And, like, you, like, go in and go to, like, Planet Hollywood and you weren't aware of, like, how disgusting it is. Or, like, Ellen's Stardust Diner, which is now closed, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, 2011. What a time. (laughs) (laughs) I think, if anything, maybe to wrap up the movie section of this episode. Yeah. This movie is valid, I think. It's extremely bad, awful. Yeah. Maybe a little sexist. Um, but but like, isn't every romantic it, comedy? Yeah, I, but like what I'm saying is, it's valid. Like it's not the <laughs> sexism, but like the movie. The movie like, itself. Yeah, the movie itself is like because like I don't know. Like I don't have to justify it. Like I'm okay. glad it exists because it's a time capsule of a place and a time. And like people, like I get why people hate this movie. It's there's mm-hmm. a difference between saying a movie's terrible and saying I hate this movie. This is a terrible mm-hmm. movie, but I don't hate it. Yeah, no, same. I like it. It was really I, bad, but I really liked it. <laughs> I don't know if I didn't say I liked it. I just like I think it's valid. Is all like, and I, I hope people don't think that we're joking. <laughs> no, we, I'm literally that we not. enjoyed this movie. No, I. It's literally. I mean, I know it's hard to tell sometimes because we. There was a were... dog named iPod in this movie that they didn't reveal until like five minutes until the end. I, God, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I, I think this movie just it fucks kind of like it, it's cool. Yeah, it's a cool movie. Um, I kind of like stopped paying attention like seventy five percent of the way through, but I like really appreciated the vibes. Yeah, no, I think that's the entire thing. It's just vibes. Like <laughs> it's just a vibe movie, and the vibe being. And I also wrote culture. down. I was trying to think of plot lines that I actually cared about and enjoyed, but I actually don't care about any. Just vibes. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You care about no one because they don't care about. They care so much that you don't care. And you let them care for you. You're just along for that. It's it's a lot like, it's. you know what? I want to see the Safdie Brothers director remake of Mm -hmm. (laughs) New Year's Eve. (laughs) It's a very hectic movie. And I I think that could... uh, really pay off like i want to see i wish that howie was in this movie i wish imagine if uncut gems was just one of the plot lines in new year's eve (laughs) just like condensed to like 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) like howie and and julia she was julia wait 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 let me just say this what (laughs) instead of the celtics game he's betting on whether or not hillary swing can get the ball to drop (laughs) (laughs) stop it right now and then when she finally does it, it's like doo doo doo. Yeah. Oh yeah. fuck yeah! And then he just fucking shoots it. Yeah, and then that's that's <laughs> all Lang's fine plays as he's on the ground. Um, that's really sad. Um, <laughs> but what I was gonna say was like the whole thing six way parlay. Dropping, six-way parlay swank gets the ball to drop just in time for new year's (laughs) i feel like that movie is brought up every single episode it's so good it's still it's still the best movie ever made yeah um maybe i should watch it i i think of that as like a christmas movie because i saw that the day after christmas last year fuck i'm crying um yeah no (laughs) it's the whole thing with the ball dropping is, like, at first I was like, oh, this is fucking ridiculous. But then I was thinking in my head, I'm like, not to, like, get, like, sincere again. That's, like, the one, like, constant I feel like I have in my life. Mm-hmm. 
is like the ball dropping on New Year's Eve. Not like the only one, but like it is like one constant that I have is that regardless of whatever I'm doing on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. I like watch the ball drop at midnight. Yeah. So I would be very upset and anxious if it wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I that's kind of the point. Like when that entire thing was happening with the whole conflict with the ball... I think that's mm-hmm. when I started to like change my heart on this movie because I was like, mm-hmm. I I do kind of like New Year's Eve. Like I like the 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 holiday, not the movie. Like I was like, I mean, you like the movie. I did, but like not in a not really, but like at the same time, yeah. Like it's what I'm saying is I didn't realize how much I liked the holiday until I watched this movie. Interesting. So if that was Gary Marshall's intention, and he evoked that emotion in me, good job. Thank you, King. We hope you're partying on New Year's and in the great beyond. Maybe the real party rocker is Gary Marshall. Um, Yeah, New Year's Eve, I think I said it last episode, it's like one of my favorite holidays because it's just like very like sad and like aesthetically like amazing and like romantic. Mm -hmm. I think this movie did a good job of like capturing those vibes. I don't know if it like worked quote-unquote but like it definitely like captured that feeling with like all these different plot lines i also i like leah michelle like whatever okay it was 2011 wait do you Um, not like leah michelle she's fine i don't think she's like a singer or an actress i think she's just a broadway performer um and that's not in a good or bad way but, like, I think that she's just meant to be on Broadway, and it's weird that she isn't just on Broadway. <laughs> I like Leah Michelle. Um, I don't know. Unless there's something about her that I don't know. That... No, she's, like, fine. Like, okay. I don't know. There was, like, a meme that she was, like, unable to read. Um, <laughs> I didn't get too deep into that because I don't like the idea of like being illiterate, being funny. But apparently, people dove in deep to like, and also she's like had a lot of like sadness in her life regarding Corey Monteith and that being so public and things like that. Right. Um, but I mean, as long as yeah, Matthew Morrison's but... alive, she'll never be the worst class. Exactly, exactly. Should we cover um, the Grinch musical next year? Absolutely not. <laughs> I will never in my life watch that. My mom keeps wanting me to like play it for her, and I'm just telling her every day. I'm like, you can do it on your own regard, but I'm not getting anywhere near that thing. Like, I'm not <laughs> associating myself that with that. Thing. It's terrible. Like that TikTok that I see so often when I'm on my For You page, it's just him fucking staring at me in the Grinch costume, (laughs) and I want to kill myself every time. Um, No, yeah, but what I was going to say was whatever about Lee and Michelle, however, um, I love a good, like, trapped in an elevator um, plotline. Especially when they have zero chemistry. Yeah, right. And then, like, forced chemistry because they just have to hang out all day long. They're just um, horny, and you know what? Yeah, respect. Honestly, like, yeah. I get it. Like, I think that's like a good meet cute if you're like just trapped with the person for like ten hours, and then you're like, actually, you're kind of cute. Like by the end of it, because you have to talk to only them all day long. Um, 
there was like a funny like not even romantic but there was a funny Frasier episode where they were trapped in the elevator I just think that's like a really funny scenario that I Wait, never want to be in in my life how did we go this far into the episode and we didn't talk about John Bon Jovi and Katherine Heigl fuck both of them <laughs> <laughs> the worst plot line yes. Sofia Vergara I'm so sorry sweetie I want her to be in like a dramatic film where they're not like using her accent for comedy and having her titters out for comedy because I think she deserves so much better. She, she seems like a genuinely such a nice person, such a funny person. She's she's never used for like anything but that and it's really upsetting. Yeah, I mean, I agree um, with that. Uh, this entire... no, I, She's I a part say, of the like... Bon Jovi plotline is why I like said that. No, no, I, I know. I was trying to find my way back to Bon Jovi. Um, I agree with everything you said about Sofia Vergara. She seems nice. Her material here is terrible. Um, the entire plot line is awful. Like, it's literally, like, the basics of every romantic comedy ever. Like, we were engaged, and you yeah. left. You yeah. made that decision. Like, yeah. it's, And, of course, it's fucking Katherine Heigl to play that role. Like, she's, she played, she's played but this also- role, like... 20 times 10 years prior to this movie like she pl- this is her only role in any but movie also if it's had. 2011 why is it bon jovi so like i looked up they have like a 10 to 15 year age difference and yes. it's very noticeable yeah and it, it, made it was even... more than that honestly yeah i i mean i might be wrong but i thought that's what it was last night when i looked at it up because uh, i looked it up literally the first scene when i realized what they were doing and I'm like, I'm <laughs> um and yeah like it's disgusting and not only because of the age gap but just because, because i don't bon jovi. well like i don't hate bon jovi it's just i do oh is he problematic that i don't know about no just no redeeming qualities for bon jovi okay I don't care. I just don't care about Bon Jovi. How about that? Yeah. I, um, I just, but this movie really made me reconsider that. I don't like him in this movie at all. And I sincerely don't think Catherine Heigl is a good actress in anything she's ever in. We should watch um, 27 Dresses. I am, I'll never say never, I guess, but <laughs> I never thought I would do this. But, uh, do you do you like Catherine Heigl? Because like I, I literally I she feel seems, I feel I no nice. I feel no way about her. I loved the movie Twenty Seven Dresses so much as a kid. Right. I think people are aggressively mean to her. Um. I don't think anyone should be mean to her because like she's a person and like yeah, whatever. But I'm just talking strictly as an actress on a professional level. Other than maybe Knocked Up. I've never seen her good in a movie. She's in Grey's Anatomy, right? Probably. Yeah, I think she was like a lead or something. That would make sense. Like she, like I don't know. She's like, uh, I don't know. She's Catherine Heigl. I feel bad that like she. I don't know. Isn't she like not in stuff now because like she was like mean or something, or is that just another sexist thing people are projecting on her? I don't know, and I won't speak to that because I don't want to. I don't know. I, I I genuinely have no idea. I don't keep up with Catherine Heigl. But all I know is like that this movie made me realize how much I don't like her. Just as an actress. Yeah. Like, just as her like like even her yeah. screen presence, like I find grating. Like I just don't yeah. like her. And I hate like 
when we were talking about the worst plot lines of this movie, I'm so shocked we didn't. I think we didn't bring it up because we tried to suppress it from our memories. Yeah, like, this is the absolute worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Is the romance between Catherine Heigl and Bon Jovi? And Leah Michelle's entire role in this movie is that she's Bon Jovi's, uh, who's not even playing himself. He's playing. Uh, well, he's kind of playing himself. He's playing a rock star. Jensen or whatever. Jensen. So yeah. Um, she's playing. Leah Michelle's playing his backup dance. One of his backup dancers. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I hated that. Uh, there's a lot that I hated in this movie, and there's stuff yeah. I like. Meanwhile, so. we like talked for like a solid like forty minutes about like yeah, I like this part. I like this part. Yeah, there's parts that I liked, but when it comes, yeah. to, I will like if I ever watch this movie again, which I might. <laughs> yeah, I might too. Um, but I think I will absolutely skip these parts. Yeah, there should be a way to, like, jump around based on, like, which people you like best. I wanted the Snyder... I want the Marshall cut of this movie, which is no Bon Jovi. Yeah, no where is that? Um, it would be, like, 20... That's And the thing is, it gets the most screen time, I think, almost, out of anything yeah. else. Yeah. I don't yeah. understand why. I'll tell you right now, I fast-forwarded through his performance. I'll, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I fast-forwarded right through that. I don't want to hear that man sing. I don't care. Singing a song that you wrote for somebody in front of them is millennial canon. Yeah, and, like, her crying and watching it and then walking away dramatically. So stupid. That's millennial canon right there. I hate this. I I hate, like, if this movie was that entire plot line, it might be my least favorite movie of all time. I would simply not watch it. So I wouldn't know if it's my least favorite movie of all time because I would not watch a movie that is a romantic comedy, not even a comedy, between Catherine Heigl and John Bon Jovi. If you had to watch an entire movie about one plotline in this movie, which one would it be? Um, Either, like, the birth one or I like the one where... I kind of liked Sarah Jessica Parker and Abigail Breslin because that could be, like, a cute, like, coming-of-age movie... Um, I got invested in like having the uh, Abigail Breslin like get to uh, Times Square. Like, I kind of got yeah. invested in that. But yeah. on the same side, like I also got invested in like Sarah Jessica Parker at least like making sure she's safe. Like I, yeah, I understood both. I feel I can't believe I'm doing I'm talking about this in a positive light. I really can't. But believe also, it. I kind of like I wish they almost introduced it more that she's like, there's this guy. Like I, I should really meet up with him. Like I. I, I would watch a movie if it was, like, fully fleshed out, like, um, like, her and Abigail Breslin's relationship while she wants to, like, go find Josh Duhamel, and she's like, that's too crazy, that's so immature for me to, like, go think that this guy will be there at midnight, and I need to, like, make sure my kid thinks that I'm, like, a responsible adult, so I can't do that, that's really irresponsible, but also I don't want my daughter going off, like, you know what I mean? It could be, like, a cool coming-of-age movie where the mom doesn't want to be, like, immature and like go run off with josh duhamel but she also doesn't want like her daughter to have like a bad role model or something like that you know that would be a good movie i should write that new year's eve fan fiction (laughs) i wonder if there is any i probably right it's the internet um yeah i mean i have nothing else to say about this movie i'll just say that i or or like the birth one the birth one would be That'd be cute. The birth be one, funny. 
like I said, that was my favorite part of the movie. Like I, mm-hmm. I genuinely like enjoy it. It was, it was pretty stupid and probably sexist, but yeah. like, I, I don't know. Like Seth Meyers is just an entertaining screen presence, and I like Jessica Biel too. Yeah. And Sarah Paulson's cool. I don't know who the dude is, but like, <laughs> um, <It's> fine. <laughs> honestly, one that thing... one the joke made me laugh. Where he's like, he's like, I, I, I'm a what do you say? Like I'm a charm teacher or something. Yeah. Or, no, I, yeah, I go. Yeah. I work at a charm school, and he's like, yeah. oh, he, he works at a charm school, and he like comes on business card. He's like, oh, he, he works at a charm school. Like yeah. it's kind of funny. Like there's some yeah, jokes in this movie parts. that. And like, or like the whole thing with like yams, where it's like if you yes. eat yams, it'll like induce labor. And they were like, "Well, she's eating so many yams, she's full of yams." And he's like, "I was joking." And they're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> like or there, even, were, there were funny parts. In the principal from Max Keeble in this movie, uh, oh. shout to Drew Deaton, um, when he is like, "I don't understand people with hair," like it's just <laughs> so many stupid um, parts. Yeah, I guess, like, the whole thing is with, like, things like this or, like, any romantic comedy, really, you can be, like, you can easily be, like, that's not realistic or, like, that doesn't really happen, but, like. No, I would be bored if anything in this movie could happen. But anything that happened in this was, like, possible in New York and not to be, like, New York City, greatest city in the world, baby, I'm gaudy. But, um. (laughs) I'm gaudy. <laughs> you could you could travel the entire world, and never find a guy like me. Yeah. Um, but like everything, the dude like who is... doesn't know the boroughs of New York, even though he's lived there his entire life. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? No, but I know all about it. There's the scene where he's like having the dude like he's breaking down like a heist to him, and he's like telling mm-hmm. him all like all the boroughs in New York, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Gotti has grown up there. He's the crime boss of New York City, he mm-hmm. has to be explained what all the boroughs are and where they're located. Yeah. Like, it's the dumbest... Okay, yeah. literally, New Year's Eve is more logical than Gotti. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to say with this whole episode. New Year's Eve more logical than Gotti. Um, On Gotti is something I'm going to say for the rest of my life. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> <laughs> um, Anything that, like, happened, like, the whole thing with, like like going to bali like in like the warehouse it's like that whole neighborhood of i i'm assuming it's bushwick or um williamsburg probably Mm -hmm. bushwick but it's like every single building there is like basically a warehouse and then you go inside and it's like the most beautiful like art gallery or whatever that you've ever seen and or like a club or something which is like crazy and it's very jarring um but like when i went and got my first tattoo like it was in that neighborhood and it's kind of like creepy because there's like not a lot of trains like it's just kind of like spaced out and i was like walking along like following google maps and i'm like what the heck and uh my artist dm me and she's like oh i'll meet you outside and she was just like standing on the side of the road and i was like what the heck she brought me into this building that was like it literally looked abandoned and then she like opened like a door with like a big like like safe lock and it literally looked like an ikea showroom inside (laughs) like so many buildings over there are just like that and i'm like i couldn't believe that that there's just favorite aesthetics like just doors that open like that yeah that's my that's obviously i like those (laughs) doors i like doors that open like that like they just like you know like that 
they like, yeah, that. Like, that. like they just like, yeah. like like they're gate doors or whatever like yeah i don't know what i'm getting no at. i i know what you mean i don't know how to explain it but i just understand what you mean anyone that knows what scene we're talking about knows what i'm saying and if you don't i'm sorry <laughs> yeah i just like i feel like in like bad movies i'm just like a sucker for like finding ways to like get around things like oh like traveling to bali like you take her to like this beautiful spot or like um around the world like, yeah like traveling to the different boroughs like you walk around like the queen's museum which i've always wanted to go there in person but like that's like my favorite scene in wonderstruck which you haven't seen right I have not seen. Well, okay, I guess, that museum that was is the time, Wonderstruck. That was the time that I texted you at AMC when the power went out when they played. The yeah, yeah, early, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like that, I really like that, and I like. Um, I just like. I always think back to like it's definitely a bad movie, and I haven't watched it in like fifteen years. But like a walk to remember. Have uh, you ever seen that with um? Uh, who's Andy the girl? Yeah, I was trying to remember the. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I had, her no, whole I thing is like, it. oh, I want to be in like two places at once, and he like drives her to like the state line so she could like put one foot in one state and one foot in the other. Like I just Do you like, like things that movie? like that. I liked it when I was younger. I can't remember if I like it or not. We should really cover it because I kind of want to watch it again. But I've never seen it. But um, I know that is very like Christian. <laughs> oh, the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, I've, I know what it is. Like I've seen the poster yeah. like a billion times on like Letterbox and stuff, but I've never actually seen the movie. Yeah, I mean, I remember liking it, but I just like things. Who's like Who's the guy in it? Like, I have no idea. Oh, okay. I don't know if he was like a notable actor. Or I, was... He could be. Who knows? Okay. Um, but I just like things like that, where it's like somebody wants to do this like impossible thing. And there's, like, a way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really cool. (laughs) (laughs) We're definitely... You're definitely, like, tipsy and talking about New Year's Eve right now. This is how I actually feel, though. You're, like... You're just, like, I think it's really cool. (laughs) Stop. Sorry. Sorry. Do Do you have anything else to say about New Year's Eve, Adam? Before we go into our second part of our New Year's Eve party tonight. Not to be mean, but I've said three times that I have nothing else to say about New Year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) I just keep bringing things up, hoping you have anything else to add. No, I, like, I've, I've, you've gotten, listen, you've gotten an hour of content out of me admitting that I kind of liked this movie. I don't know what else you want from me. Okay, cool. All this right. is like this is more did you ever expect that I would admit that? Um admit that you liked it? I like I like smooth brain movies, so therefore I enjoyed watching this movie. I mean, this whole podcast is the definition of smooth brain content. <laughs> so like I don't know. This um yeah, I agree. I don't know what I was gonna say. But um yeah. anyway, so bad movie, good yeah. times. Yeah, it's um it's really like a Hallmark movie if a Hallmark movie had like A list actors in it. And it's also like You had um, texted me though 
So yeah, I was gonna say that. Um, it's yeah, it's like an adult decom Disney Channel original exactly. movie. Exactly. Exactly. Um, which I do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it feels like one. Like, and maybe that's why we enjoyed it. So probably. Um, <laughs> Right, um, so that's it on New Year's Eve. We're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Hey, friends. Do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies, so much that they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts advocating for the immediate production of a third national treasure, to comfy sweatshirts that serve as a call to arms for all those in support of making Judy Greer America's lead. Speaking from my own experience, my Super Yaki t-shirts and sweatshirts are my favorite and comfiest things in my closet. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. As a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERFRIEND, that's one word, super friend, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. That's super, Y-A-K-I, dot com. Let's watch more movies, guys. We're yes, going to go into this new segment that we're having for our New Year's Eve party. Let me just turn my page. <laughs> As we're turning the page from 2020 into 2021. Oh. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the first Should... annual Zillennial Canon Awards 2020. So this is going to be an annual thing, I'm guessing. Um, Hopefully. Um, I'm so your our... host, Kira, and my co-host, oh. Adam, is here. Welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm the Billy Crystal, and she's the Steve Martin. I really should have prepared like some kind of monologue or something. That would have been so funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so what we're going to do is I'm going to announce the categories. Okay. And we're going to announce our picks for the categories. And basically it's like the criteria is that we covered it in 2020. Which I think is really funny. So I'm. It's a lot so of fun. Are, are we gonna start with like the lesser categories and then make our okay? Like, yeah, um... we're gonna do it in reverse order because I just copied down like the Oscar categories. So our first category is best visual effects. Yes. So what do you think for best visual effects? I said one specific scene in one movie, okay. and um, it's <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's Shaggy's titters and Scooby Doo too. <laughs> you know, I forgot to fill out that category, but I wholeheartedly agree with you there, Adam. <laughs> I... 
<laughs> I didn't realize that I forgot to fill it out until now, but I agree. <laughs> I mean, I could have picked, like, Transformers or something, but truly... No, absolutely not. No, every... Nothing in that movie made me feel the way I did when I saw Shaggy's titters for the first time. So, mm-hmm. um, visual effects brought those to life, and you know what? Thank God for nerds. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay, the next category. <laughs> the next category is one that I made up. Yeah. And it is best mm-hmm. cover of a song by a child actor. Mm-hmm. So um, my choice. Okay, go on. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just telling you to go first. That's it. Okay. So my choice was Island in the Sun by Emma Roberts, just because that's the only one I can remember right now. <laughs> Um, I did It's a Long Way to the Top If You Want to Rock and Roll by the cast of School of Rock. That's not a cover. That's an original song. No? Yes, it is. It's literally a song by ACDC. What are you talking about? Okay, well, I didn't know that, so I'll go along with yours. I, I was pretty positive, and I had to Google it, and of course... I, I did my research, Kira. I'm not just speaking out of my ass my here. Research. I didn't do my research. So, do you agree with me? Yeah, I'd say so, definitely. Okay. Because um, I only picked Emma Roberts performing Island in the Sun just because it was so funny that I remembered it. I was gonna pick Route 66 by JoJo, but we did RV last year. Oh, yeah. That would have absolutely been the top. Because um, Josh Hutcherson is featured uh, rapping on that song. Yeah, and, and also... Is it Kristen Chenoweth? Is that the... Sure, yeah, I think so. She was yodeling. It was pretty good. I love yeah. when Kristen Chenoweth yodels. Um, so... Okay. Yeah. So the next category, best original song. Okay. Um, um, you go first. I kind of cheated. I mean, okay. So, like, I said anything from High School Musical 2. Like, literally any mm-hmm. song. Like, because I literally couldn't... Because I was, like, thinking today, and I gave, like, a lot of thought. But I, it was the same thing we did when we did the tier ranking of all the songs. Mm-hmm. I knew we decided that two has the best music, but I literally couldn't decide which one my favorite one was from the entire soundtrack. So I just said mm-hmm. anything from High School Musical 2. Okay. So I have three songs. I think the top one is Ultimate by Pink Slip in Freaky Friday. I oh. cannot tell you oh. how happy I was when I realized we covered Freaky Friday this year. I forgot about that song. That's, that's that a good pick. Song, Absolutely number one. Second, School of Rock by School of Rock. Yeah. Um, and third is I Want It All from High School Musical 3. Two. Three. Two. Oh, wait, three. Yeah, you're right. I'm stupid. I, I just I like, mix- stared into space. Like, what, I'm- <laughs> what is that? <laughs> no, I, I got mixed up with um the one where she sings by the pool in two. Yeah, I got that mixed up. My bad. Um, so, wait, are we going to pick one winner, or are they all winners? No, I think they're all winners in my heart. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I think all your picks are valid. Like, mm-hmm. I just couldn't... There's just so many. That was the one I kind of, like, had to breeze over, because I knew if I thought about it too hard, I would just, like, still be thinking about it tonight. So... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Best animated film. <laughs> I mean, there's only a few. Um, yeah, the only uh, 
Only animated films we watched this year were Cars, Shark Tale, and Bionicle, so I just didn't choose one because I really didn't want to choose one. <laughs> well, I took one for the team and I chose one. Um, listen, it has to be... It, it, it absolutely... It's imperative that... <laughs> <laughs> what is it, Adam? What is it? It's Cars. <laughs> I mean, it's why the... is it cars over Shark Tale? I'm not even going to bring Bionicle into the conversation. Well, <laughs> because it's the basis of our relationship. I like. I feel like it sums up Selena Canon. Like it okay. has. To, like there's, like it literally makes no sense for it to like not be Cars. You know. Okay. Cool. Like Cars is the most yeah. memeable animated movie of all time, other than maybe B movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I mean, I agree. It's also, like, a better quality movie, probably, than Shark Tale, but Shark Tale just has so much going on. I definitely thought about it, but I always just came back to Cars every time. Yeah, they were both movies that I watched, like, all the time. (laughs) So, yeah, okay. Best screenplay. Um... Okay, so, like, I feel like this is my only, like, serious answer uh-huh. in the entire one, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it has to be Scream, I guess, because, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, it just has probably one of my favorite screenplays of all time, like, all jokes aside. So, like, the fact that we took one of my legitimate favorite movies of all time and then we put it into little canon, like, I tried my hardest to make not make Scream sweep these awards. <laughs> Because it could have been yeah. very easy to do that. But when it comes to screenplay, I, I think Scream is the winner, but I did an alternative because I think this is a this is way more of a zillennial movie, but it has a genuinely great screenplay, uh, Holes. Mm-hmm. So those are my two picks. So my pick was the screenplay written within Big Fat Liar. <laughs> That's good, actually. That's because funny. it had to have been good for Paul Giamatti to want it that bad. <laughs> 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 that's good I, I wish I thought of that and if I was serious I would say Josie and the Pussycats yeah good screenplay good screenplay yeah okay wait should we do like a twitter poll for each of these and see what the people decide from these options true yeah we'll do that after like after we like release the episodes so people know like what these are yeah no I agree okay. um Okay, best international film. I mean, there's only one. Exactly. The Lizzie McGuire McGuire movie. movie. Yeah, I was... (laughs) Representing Italy. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Let me double check the litter box list where I keep track of every movie we've covered. I want to just make sure that there isn't another one. Um, Hold on, listeners. I'm very We have never watched another international movie other than Lizzie McGuire, please. Um... Is Bionicle and the island they go to considered an international movie? No, Fifty First Dates is in Hawaii, and that's like... not international. That's oh wait, yeah, it's not within um, the continental United States, but it is. Um, Kangaroo Jack. Technically... Oh fuck! Kangaroo Jack is my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Polar Express. They go to the North Pole. Cheetah Girls Two. They go to Spain. Oh my god! Oh, that's true. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, oh. but Kangaroo Jack is my pick. 
Lizzie McGuire, I think. Lizzie McGuire. Kinger Jack. Okay. Because I incite chaos. Best Supporting Actress. These are the categories that I actually was serious about. Best Supporting Actress. Well, can I say mine? Because I'm curious if you have the same one. Yeah. Ashley Tisdale in High School Musical 2. That's valid. But no. I debated if she was... I guess she is technically supporting, but like she, she has is, a lot of... Yeah. Okay, that was my pick. I picked Drew Barrymore in Fifty First Dates. I almost did. I almost did, but... I feel like everyone universally agrees that she's good in that movie. And, like, people, like... I wanted to give something to, like, Ashley Tisdale. To Sharpay in general. Yes. She gets so much taken away from her in those movies. I think we should give her a Z-Cam award. I mean... She's rich. She doesn't need anything else. She's fine. Yeah, that's true. She should be be our producer for the pod. Me, when I have to eat the rich, and I have to eat Sharpay. (laughs) I appreciate the hesitation. <laughs> She's rage tweets me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. Best supporting actor. Okay. I I'm gonna be offended if we don't have the same one. Um, okay. Paul Giamatti and Big Fat Liar. That was one of my picks. Yeah. What it wasn't was your. It's not the pick. No. What is the pick? Matthew Lillard and Scream. <laughs> I mean. You can't get me to argue with you on that one. He's Jokerified like... in that movie. He just goes, ha, ha, ha. No, I, I, if I'm like he's all the joke... fucking Joker in that movie. No, listen, I agree. Like, he's brilliant. <laughs> like, you know, Scream is my favorite movie, like, of all time. Yeah. Like, I don't. I love th- how we just picked the two, like, very much Joker performances. Well, the thing is. I would, I mean, yeah, Big Fat Liar is like a meme movie to us, but like at the same time, Paul Giamatti is legitimately fantastic in that movie. No, I like, agree. I didn't pick it as a meme. Yeah, no, he he's great in that movie. So like, yeah. But also, I didn't even think about Matthew Lillard when I was like doing this because my mind immediately went to Marty Wolf. I always think about Matthew Lillard. I know. <laughs> Honorable mention: Kurt Russell in Sky High. Simply he, he is because. Great. I just think that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's neat. (laughs) If we don't have the same best director, I don't even know who we are. Best director? Oh, I didn't even do best director. Kenny Ortega. Did you you write it down on the list you sent me? Yeah. Kenny Ortega. Yeah, yeah, no, if, if I did write it down... Yeah, I just forgot to do it. My bad. Um... Yeah, if I did write it down, it would have been Kenny Ortega. 110%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Best actor. Uh, or did you skip actress, or are we doing actor first? Actress is after. Best actor. Okay. Um, well, for me personally, I feel like... If this is actually a serious answer, I think he gives a great performance. Um, Jack Black in School of Rock. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, like, it wasn't even close for me with anything Yeah. Else. So, I picked two. One of them, you're going to be like, exactly. Vin Diesel and Fast and Furious. I had a feeling you would, because you, we just simped over him the entire episode. Yes. Um, and I appreciate that, Kira. <laughs> My second pick is a double win for Adam Sandler. In Wedding Singer and Fifty First Dates. I considered all of these. I considered all of these. Um, all Both great of performances. These, 
both of these picks, I feel like I'm now realizing I picked because both of them changed my opinion on them and the content that the, like, the movie that the performance is in. Right. Like, how I kind of memed at the beginning of Summer of Sandman, like... I'm not going to have a crush on Adam Sandler. And then we ended it with The Wedding Singer. And it's like the cutest romantic comedy performance of all time. Um, and also like Fifty First Dates, obviously. Um, and like Vin Diesel. Like I literally didn't care about like Fast and Furious. And I was like, okay, whatever. Vin Diesel, he's kind of meme But he's actually like a very like comforting presence. And is just like such a talented actor. Yeah, I think both of them deserve the win for these movies. The only thing that helped, like, held me back from giving it to Vin Diesel is because I don't think the first Fast and Furious movie is his best um, Fast and Furious performance. Mm-hmm. And the one, I won't reveal what it is until we get there. Well, I wouldn't know it. <laughs> no, I'm. this is for the listeners. It's um, been, what, six months? <laughs> Since I started watching these movies, yeah, she just completely gave up. Um, but the uh, whenever we do cover the one I'm talking, the one that I'm talking about is Lino Cannon because our cutoff is 2012. Yeah, so the one I'm right. talking about is in the Lino Cannon, so we can talk about it then. But okay. whatever year we covered that, I think Vin Diesel will get the actor award then. Like I, this is just like the Oscars; like we're we're making him wait for it. Like yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> Like how we uh, made Leo wait his entire career and then gave it to him for shitty Revenant. Yeah. That's, well, uh, well, not because the movie I'm talking about is not shitty. But okay. I, I, what you're saying, basically, yeah, I get it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Best actress. Um, mine might surprise you. Um, it's actually a two way tie because I didn't really know how to separate these two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis and Jamie <gasps> Greta. I gave it to Jamie Lee Curtis also. Well, I didn't know who, because Lindsay Lohan's legitimately great in that movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know which one's better. Like, they're both so good. Like, they both mm-hmm. encapsulate the other so perfectly. So I felt like, I originally had it with just um, Jamie Lee Curtis, but then I was like, I think I should just do both. Like, yeah. Yeah, so but I did it's also both. the whole, it's like the parent trap situation where it's like, who is a better actor? Is it Jamie Lee Curtis as Lindsay Lohan? Or Lindsay Lohan as Jamie Lee Curtis. I personally think it's Jamie Lee Curtis as Lindsay Lohan. Um, maybe, but like, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's just fair. All right. <laughs> I think I like Jamie Lee Curtis as Lindsay Lohan because it's like Jamie Lee Curtis playing what a teenager thinks Jamie Lee Curtis is. And I think that's so funny. Yes, I agree. I yeah. I have nothing else to say, but I agree. My runner-up is um, Brittany Murphy in uh, Uptown Girls. I didn't put her on my list, but I definitely thought about that. Yeah, um, definitely one of the top great. performances of and, a lifetime. And I'll I'll throw in a uh, Nev Campbell for uh, Scream because she's my favorite final girl ever. Mm-hmm. And we would be remiss if we didn't um, if we didn't acknowledge <laughs> Delphine Seyrig and John cool. Deum in Twenty Three K Do Commerce. <laughs> <1080. laughs> 
I'm sorry, I could barely get through that, and now I'm dizzy. <laughs> we would be remiss. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I think you've ever said in your life. <laughs> that was Zombie absurdly funny. Yeah. If if this was a visual medium, like I would have put together a montage of uh pictures of John Dielman in different situations um just peeling potatoes and just to the graduation song by vitamin C you know as we go on we remember all the times we spent together that's how I feel about John Dielman after finishing the movie that plays in my head (laughs) okay Honorary best actress, but our best actress picks are pretty good. She's the best actress every day. Yeah, yeah, not just the 2020 Z Canon Award winner. Because she inspires Um, Kira to persist. Nevertheless, she persists. (laughs) And and she sippied the milk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you good. Kermy sippy milk. Okay. John Dielman sippy milk. I don't think she does sippy milk in the movie. Doesn't she? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? She drinks Let something. Me... Isn't it milk? I don't know. She's, it's literally in the poster. Like listeners, she... listeners, let us know. Does John Dielman drink milk? <laughs> she is literally in the poster. It's probably like oat milk. I mean, what's the difference? Um, okay, whatever. I'm lactose so, intolerant. I'm so, not. Can't relate. So the big category. The big bitch. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Best picture, Z Cannon, 2020 award winner. I think I would be doing a disservice to my entire brand. If I didn't give it to both The Fast and the Furious uh-huh. and Scream. Okay. But I guess if I should pick like a kid's movie, maybe, like out of like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I have to pick like a ch- children's movie, right? No, you could pick anything that we covered in 2020. I know. I, criteria. But like, I feel like, but Saluno Cannon is pretty much like children's movie. So like, I need to like. Pick something that's maybe school canon is the movies that shaped us as we are, regardless of what the target audience was. Okay, well, Fast and Furious, Scream, and School of Rock are my three picks. Okay, I picked School of Rock and Josie and the Pussycats. That's Kira's brand. (laughs) That's the 2020 Z Canon Awards. How do we feel about these wins? Wait, wait, there's been a mistake. What one? <laughs> Shark Tale? No. Bionicle no. Mask of Light. Bionicle Mask of Light, you won. This isn't a joke, guys. Come on up. Come on up. David Molina and Terry Shakespeare. Come on up. Guys, look, you won. Bionicle Mask of Light. Best picture. Bionicle Mask of Light. <laughs> 
Congratulations, guys. <laughs> just you, just see, like, you see, like, Jack Black with the entire school of rock just, like, standing on stage confused. And then, like, bo- actual Bionicles, like, walk up on stage. <laughs> and I just want to clarify, the runner-up in this scenario was Wild Hogs. <laughs> All four boys just like you hear like the revving of engines. <laughs> they just drive from the back of the Dolby Theater up to the stage. <laughs> Blow their exhaust fumes at Jennifer Lawrence, who still sits in the front row for some fucking reason every year. <laughs> Wait, I there's a Tim Allen cat- takes the microphone and he just starts spewing anti-vax stuff. John Travolta starts talking about Scientology. Uh, there's a few missing categories I feel like we'd be remiss not to bring up. What categories? Um, well, for example, um, best blind acting goes to Ben Affleck in Daredevil. Um, <laughs> best fart in a movie is when the sh- old shark farts in Shark Tale. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Um <laughs> Best movie pet is Uptown Girls and the Pig. Uh, uh, hmm. Yeah, with, I like the Pig. I also like um, tied with Scooby Dubert. I think. No. What? Oh, Scooby Doo himself. No, Scrappy Doo can go die. I like Scooby. Why well, said Scooby Dubert? Okay. I, yeah. Okay. Scooby Dubert. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Is there anything else? I like Sharpay's dog. In High School Musical too, he's good. Sure. Um, <laughs> no, I. <laughs> best movie about mermaids. Aquamarine. Aquamarine. <laughs> <laughs> best use of Emma Roberts. Best uh, Jerry O'Connell movie this year. Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> no, for best Emma Roberts and best Jerry O'Connell, there's just no winner. <laughs> Nothing is the best Emma Roberts there... or Jerry O'Connell. We just like look at the camera. There were no movies this year. <laughs> wow, that's depressing. That's how I feel. Wait, about should we pick a best Sandler? Oh. How am I supposed <laughs> to pick? You guys should have seen it. Uh Kira just like covered her mouth and she's like, oh. Like she like deeply regretted. Not filling out that category. I was about I mean, to be like, best millennial canon guest. <laughs> and I was like, no, everyone would fight to the death, and that's really mean. I mean, I feel like. Don't pick best millennial canon guest. That's so mean. I no, feel I was, like... no, I was looking at the Sandler pick. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you were thinking of who the best no. canon guest is. Although, in that regard, um, there's no best guest, but I feel like Courtney is always the one to listen to us first every morning. And yeah. so, uh, best reoccurring guest though, Joseph Salmoni, who won't be listening to this. Uh, what a king! He he popped in, said the word titters, and left, and never exactly. Looked, he never looked back. Exactly. <laughs> he only came back for High School Musical too. What a king, honestly. Only time we look back. <laughs> um, but seriously, I mean, it's really between 51st Dates and Wedding Singer, right? I think they're just two sides of the same coin. Like You have to pick one. 
I would say, God, because he's like, I have to say it, he's hot in Wedding Singer. I think Wedding Singer is the better movie. Like, Fifty First Dates. Fifty First Dates is like, like yeah, there's a lot that like cannot be forgiven in that movie, but his character in that movie is just so like, like in love that like, it's just so cute. I yeah, think but, Wedding Singer though. Yeah, Wedding. I mean, I that's why they're both the same picks. Like, yeah, or they're they're the two picks, but like Wedding Singer, yeah. I think it's the upper hand because it's a better movie all around. So, yeah. is that uh, it as far as categories go? Like, what about like best kiss? I mean, it had to be another Sandler movie, right? No. No. I what think I when Troy and Gabriella first kiss. I mean, then that has to be it, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Or um, Gordo and Lizzie. Gordo, Lizzie, Troy and Gabriella, or um. I'm looking at the list again. Um, when Angie and Oscar kiss in Shark Tale. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Best fight. That's a that's a metaphor for the working class healing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Best fight. I think we can go back to Shark Tale and Best Fight. And that's not like, an actual fight, though. When the brother fucking dies. <laughs> he has died. He fucking died. <laughs> no, I think the best fight in 2020 for Zelenko Cannon was the Wild Hogs versus Ray Liotta. <laughs> I agree. I agree. When the bar burns that, oh my god, yeah. That's Ray Liotta my... versus Wild Hogs, best fight. I don't even want to fucking look. I don't even want to look. I think we could also put Wild Hogs in the best villain category for Ray Liotta. Yeah, 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 yeah. He is the best villain. Um, yeah, him and Matthew L- or Billy Loomis. Um, yeah, they're the best. Um, um, best shirtless performance. I like how we're just making stuff up now. No, I'm literally just reading down the MTV Movie Awards categories. Now. Oh, um, <laughs> shirt shirtless. Um, is anybody shirtless? Unironically, un- I'm gonna say this. Jack Black kind of hot when he's shirtless at the beginning of School of Rock. You know, remember when Sarah when uh, uh, Sarah Silverman walks in on his bedroom and he's like shirtless in bed. Like, I'm not gonna argue with you on that. I listen. He's I I love Jack Black. He's he's the man. I love him. Could that also uh, go under sexiest performance? That um. I'm looking at the list. Um, Matthew Lillard is kind of sexy in Scream. Um, oh, you're going to say that now? You're going to say that now after I said month of Matthew Lillard? And you were like, you're just like making this like all about Matthew Lillard. Well, because it's because you like just simp over dudes and it's like get over it, lady. But like <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, I think he's more unhinged in that. I I do agree though that he could he could win in that category. Um, best car in the movie Cars. Guido and Luigi. They no, could also win. There best can only be one. <laughs> best best on-screen no duo. <laughs> but they're best gonna only duo is Guido a, and Luigi. Okay, it's it's the Purge and Radiator Springs. Only one lasts. Who wins? 
Mm. <laughs> that big bitch. The big. <laughs> <laughs> the fire truck. <laughs> who does it go down to between, like, who who's, like, because he has to kill someone to be the last man standing, so who does he go off against, like, one-on-one? Doc Hudson? Doc Hudson's dead. Oh, yeah. He's already gone. Everyone, <laughs> that like, bitch croaked. Died in <laughs> yeah, he's dead, too, canonically. Um, but who... <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> so in a world where Lightning McQueen is dead and Doc Hudson's fucking dead, um, <laughs> who does Red like? Who's the final boss for the big bitch? Fillmore just sacrifices himself and passes away while he's in a um like a alternate plane of reality. Yes, but he sacrifices himself. But who's the bat? Like, is it Sheriff Kazakab? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, um, best on-screen duo, Guido and Luigi. Best on-screen trio, Josie and the Pussycats. Best on-screen four, Cheetah Girls. <laughs> We're just making shit up now. I'd say best on-screen four is the Scooby-Doo gang. Oh, oh that's, that's five. That's be- that's five, actually. Best on-screen five is the Scooby-Doo gang. You okay. can't leave out Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I felt bad. No, uh, my best four is the Fast and Furious gang. Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jordana Brewster, and Paul Walker. That's my four. Can we... And also, Wild Hogs. Those are the best. Those oh are the four God. best boys. Oh, Fuck the Cheetah Girls. I love no, Wild Hogs. No! Fuck the Cheetah Girls. Oh my god, Fuck a three-way... Whoa, a three-way tie. Wild Hogs. Uh, Fast and Furious. And Cheetah Girls. They all won. Listen, all I can say is, the Wild Hogs could go to Spain, but uh, the Cheetah Girls could not beat Ray Liotta in a bar fight. They could not they save could an entire... They, they couldn't save an entire city. They couldn't... They couldn't uh, have a chili-eating contest. They couldn't. They couldn't. I don't know. If I'm gonna go with this, but I fucking love wild hogs. <laughs> Best hero, I would say, whatever that kid's name is in Sky High and all his friends, the sidekicks. They're the real heroes here. Um, how about Best Fellas? Is a gay two dot 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 movie? Uh, and it's between Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff, um, Wild Hogs, <laughs> and. Corona. Shark Tale. <laughs> fellas, is it or sharks? Is the it gay? Fellas is it is gay? It gay? Award. No, no. Shark Tale is a uh, fellas. Is it gay to not eat fish? <laughs> <laughs> fellas, is it gay to dress like a dolphin? <laughs> um. So who between Shark Tale, Wild Hogs, and Eddie Mil- Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff? Who wins in the fellows is a gay two dot 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 category. I think it's Eddie's million dollar cook off because I think that Wild Hogs is a legitimately um interesting which so is grown ups. Like we went into this with like in these two episodes, but like it's a weird thing to like analyze like male friendships and more like emotional intimacy than like like Eddie's million dollar cook off is straight up like fellas is a gay two, but like Wild Hogs and um and um what was the other one grown-ups is like legit about like 
I don't know. This reminds me of that TNT original series, Men of a Certain Age. Do you know what I'm talking about? on the canon? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know of it. I don't yeah. know why. I My only knowledge of it is seeing the movie pre-show for it every time I went to the movie. Yeah, same. Oh my um, god, I so much. I would say maybe our final category that I'm going to make Kira decide on. Best music group. Shows you the Pussycats versus the Cheetah Girls. You versus, versus School of Rock. What the fuck? They're all playing at Coachella. There you go. No, you gotta Headlining pick one. Ass. You gotta pick I'm not one. Picking one. You have to. Oh my god. Only oh. one can live. Who is? It? Not live. I don't want these kids to die. They have bright futures <laughs> then, ahead of them. Then choose them. Katie from School of Rock. They're now on TikTok. They have bright futures ahead of them. Um. <laughs> um. I don't want any of them to die, but I think Josie and the Pussycats just with the vibes. The School of Rock is in my corner. Yeah, but then you get Jack Black. I don't know. Rest in pl- peace, Cheetah Girls. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I've seen... Okay, I've seen Cheetah Girls in concert. I've seen School of Rock in concert where... I mean, in uh, on Broadway where the kids perform with real instruments. So technically, I've seen School of Rock in concert. Right. I've never seen Josie and the Pussycats in concert. <laughs> I'll see Josie and the Pussycats in concert, okay? Well, it's just a battle best, to the death. Best concert film of the year, I give it to High School Musical, the tour. Oh, the only concert movie we cover. <laughs> um, Guys, make sure you let us know your picks. <laughs> if you have any more bullshit categories for us, uh, please let us know. Um, yeah. Should we have a problematic fave? A problematic fave? Yeah, like a is it New All Year's Eve? All of these are problematic in some ways. Yeah, we no. didn't even include New Year's Eve because I came up with these categories. Well, like, that, <laughs> well the thing is, everything in New Year's Eve Best ensemble cast. Best ensemble cast. Just no. for names alone. <laughs> no, I don't even agree with that. Me neither. <laughs> New Year's Eve is not even better than the cast of High School Musical, the cast of Fast and Furious, the cast of Grown Ups, the cast of Wild Hogs, the fucking kids in School of Rock. I I could go on. But I won't. I, even though I just spent like a pretty good cast too. Scream, Scoobert, Dubert, Holes. Yeah. Oh, okay. If I had to give it to like casting, I would genuinely say Scooby Doo, because no actors have been better cast for their characters than that movie ever. Should we do a straight? Well, no, never mind. We already did. I was. I'm so stupid. I was like, should we do an actual best picture? And I forgot we did. Yeah. Um, what did we agree on? School of Rock. Uh, I said I Josie that's... and the Pussycats. School I think that's Rock. the only overlap. So I guess it is. School yeah. Of Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. We'll see what the audience wow. decides, but yeah. 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 Um, is that it? I mean, I feel like we could go on all night with bullshit. <laughs> what about the Lifetime Achievement Award? Who would you give it to? Adam Sandler. Um, I think it's a tie between Adam Sandler and Jack Black. Okay, I give it to Mike Myers. Nobody made my year better. But he didn't even... He wasn't in any of these. Nobody made my year better than Mike Myers. Cat in the Hat was last year. He's not in the Zillion Cannon Award. And I want... Okay, 
in 2021, guys, hold us to it. We're going to revisit Cat in the Hat now that Mike Myers is hot. <laughs> He's Just always now. been hot, Akira. Just now. <laughs> We're I can't revisiting. wait to... I can't wait to see what fucking ugly man you simp over in 2021. They've never been ugly. Okay, last one was Keanu Reeves. They've never... Like, man of the year 2019 was Keanu Reeves. Don't know who 2021 is going to be. I'll let you guys know, though. You'll definitely hear it here on Zillennial Canon. <laughs> It'll be some dude who was, like, funny once in 2005, and then... Now he hasn't spoken in 20 years. Are yeah. you saying... That Mike Myers was funny. Oh, you know what? We actually already chose the man of the year of 2021. Who? Hugh Grant Movie Club is coming at you in 2021. We're finishing Mike Myers' filmography soon. Um, Hugh Grant's a good pick, because I, I like Hugh Grant a lot. Um, I just yeah, watched finally the... People agree, finally people agree with me that um, he's actually extremely attractive. Oh, here we go. Here we fucking go. Um, no, I I watched The Undoing on HBO. Not I, I actually liked the show a lot. I know there's some hot takes on there. Uh, not hot takes, but like everyone seems to like hate the last like two episodes. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it mostly because it made me not like Hugh Grant for the first time. I mean, he was great in the role, but like the role is def- definitely like hinging off you your internal struggle of like loving Hugh Grant and having trouble believing that he's a bad person in the show. So like job well done show. I was conflicted the entire time. That's been my review of the undoing for no reason. That's just good writing love. <laughs> um, is that it? Are we done? I think so. That's, that's 2020. Damn. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> Boys, we did Girls. it. Yeah, we, we um, wrapped it up. So. Yeah, I'm. I uh, you know what? Maybe a hot take. I'm ready to say goodbye to this year. A hot take. <laughs> this year fucking sucks. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else experienced this, but uh, not a great year. You know? Stream stream picks are a soul. It's really good. It'll make you yeah, feel better. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, is that it? I think so. <laughs> um, so just a little thing is that we're going to take a break next week just um, to rest. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired, guys. Um hopefully more fun guests in the new year but for now we are resting <laughs> i'm literally like laying down as i say these final words yeah i've been laying down for the past like hour i've never laid down I... while recording before but kira did it and then i decided to do it too and yeah. let me tell you it feels good yeah my thing is like i never like sit in bed and record but i'm in the process of like moving stuff around my room so i have a lot of stuff on my desk but I used to sit in my bed and record, and that's when I would be, like, dozing off while we record. If you remember, yeah. I'm sure you do. Um, and yeah. I haven't in a while, because I had a desk set up. But here I am, sitting in bed and recording. So, I just feel like, that's Kira? Kira? And I just hear, like, fucking snoring <laughs> while we're talking about Cat in the Head. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, in all seriousness, uh, I had a great time this year. 
we kind of started late last year and we only did like a few episodes last year so it feels like this has been the year yeah of actually doing the pod um so and i think when we went sorry keep going i was gonna say thanks to everyone that's listened and like yeah we actually got like a lot of followers on twitter from when we started so like yeah um and people like genuinely that like found us that dm'd us and told us how much they enjoy us so like yeah thank you like that's cool yeah it definitely like um i think when we started doing it weekly it definitely made a big difference because it kind of gave me like something to look forward to and like i loved like hearing people's like reactions to the episode and also just like giving me an excuse like watch something like stupid and like talk about it and sometimes it's like unexpectedly very good um like new year's eve yeah like new year's eve it was unexpectedly very good um no yeah but legitimately like thank you so much like what adam said like it's crazy that people randomly found us um and also like a massive thank you to super yaki for like sponsoring us this year which was crazy and super fun um and yeah i mean what else is there to say about zillennial canon <laughs> i don't know um yeah what else is there to say really <laughs> um you can Nothing follow oh you can follow me on twitter and uh no just Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler. <laughs> and also my podcast, uh, my other podcast, the aggressively. Okay. Podcast. Um, we did our best of 2020 up. That's our last step of the year where me and Joe go over our favorite movies and talk about, we don't do a best fart award, but we do talk about some good. Did moves. We? Oh yeah. We did best fart. It was shark tail. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. You just agreed with me. <laughs> And yeah. I and you didn't even fight it, which I appreciate. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we're probably going to be doing a few episodes in January, so like, look forward to that. I mean, Mater probably farted at some point in Cars, but best joke is can... Piston Cup. He did what in this cup? You can find me at Garlic Emoji on Twitter. Uh. Follow us at Zillennial Cannon on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can rate and review us. You can beat the shit out of us. We wouldn't care. Um. It would be an honor, Mrs. Obama. <laughs> you can also listen to me at This Week on the Dan for Life podcast, where I talk about Dan in real life, a movie that famously none of us have ever seen in the whole world. Um, it's a Zillennial Canon movie for sure, as you can see by our album art. Um, the Dan for Life podcast is the most fun I've ever had in my life. So listen to that. I that, sorry. I no, I was gonna say was I'm looking forward to listening to that because I wanna be on that pod and I'm gonna message him eventually about it. But he's probably uh, listening now. Yeah, so this is my DMT over Zillennial Canon. If I never get into it in the new year, this is me telling you via pod, I want to come on the pod. Because okay. I'm very, I'm genuinely curious about this movie. You heard it here first, Nick. Adam wants to talk Dan <laughs> for life with you. Right, I do. That's, <laughs> that's 2020 love. Enjoy. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
for all land.